Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Horstman, and my prayer for you is that the Lord would be pleased to bless this show and use it to provide you as a Christian parent with gospel-centered, grace-driven ideas and encouragement for shepherding your children's hearts and cultivating your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. So for today's conversation, we're going to be talking about shepherding your child's heart through behavior challenges, and I'm pleased to welcome Amanda Schenkenberger to this episode. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Christian. Yes, yes. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So um, just for those of you who don't know who Amanda is, uh, Amanda helps homeschool moms create a schedule, calm the chaos, and build strong bonds with their children so that everyone can experience joyful connection and rigorous academics at the same time. Uh, She leverages her own experience as a homeschool individual and homeschooling mom of four inside the Homeschool Family Academy, where she coaches other moms to educate curious minds and cultivate courageous spirits. So after we're done, I would encourage you to follow her on social media, check out her website, and I'll have all the links to that in the show notes. Um, But for now, we're just going to jump right into our conversation. Um, And I just want to start with um, a question for you. Um, What has been like the biggest area of resistance in your home and how have you uh, personally used it as an opportunity to, uh, you know, connect with your children better and, you know, deepen your relationship with each other? Yeah, that is a really good question, um, Christian. It really, I mean, this parenting thing, I don't know about you, but it's been a journey. <laughs> um, learning about myself, thinking about my own childhood, how, what I want to change, what I want to keep. And uh, for someone who didn't grow up in a, a Christian home, um, this, you know, it's kind of a new experience for me. And so one of the big things for me when it comes to encountering resistance in my children, I'm a little bit, you know, I might like look friendly and sound friendly, but I'm a little bit more of a militant mom. <laughs> I'm a little stringent. Um, and ultimately where it would be nice that my kids just obey me when I, you know, say like, okay, what was it in the car? They were supposed to be doing homework on our way to jujitsu. And then they were, they were laughing and they were giggling and, you know, I was trying to help them refocus. And I was like, okay, well, lost chances, uh, early bedtime for you. Um, and so what ultimately I, I have to ask myself the question when I encounter resistance, right? Is does God want my obedience or does God want my heart? Yeah. What would what would you answer, uh, Christian? Yeah, oh, definitely God wants our heart, right? I mean, obedience is important uh, by all means, but uh, definitely um, the heart is you know where our relationship with each other is. It's where you know our relationship with God is, and so definitely that's you know that's the most important. Um, yeah. Ultimately speaking, so. Yeah, so I would say He wants both, right? Okay. He wants okay. our yeah. heart and our obedience. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. willing obedience, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so when, when I see my child's disobedience from this perspective of, okay, yes, I want them to obey, but I want them to want to obey. I also want them to experience the consequences of, of life when you say one thing and you do another, right? There's a lot of cause and effect. And so when I step back and I encounter resistance with one child in particular, he will go unnamed. Um, <laughs> but one of our children really deals with sensory struggles. And 
Uh, my father, my not my father, my husband grew up in a home, Christian home, loving parents. Um, they're amazing. Great in-laws to have. Like I definitely got a great bargain when I married my husband. <laughs> I married up. Um, but the, there's a, a difference in generation, um, generational parenting there. And it's just like, well, if you disobey, there's an automatic consequence. But as we learn kind of the nuance of behavior as parenting kind of evolves, we're noticing with one of my sons, he has a lot of sensory struggles. And so it's not about willingness to obey. It's about belief that he can, right? And so if I just come back every single time hard um, in, in his disobedience, rather than being like, okay, is he consciously rebelling? Because right, disobedience and re- rebelling, those are two different ideas. Or is he just really struggling to regulate himself emotionally? Is he overwhelmed or is he, um, is it, did I do a good job of getting his attention, right? So with with this area of, of resistance with my kids, um, it, it really gets down to, okay, I want him to obey willingly and I want him to believe in his capabilities. So we've been, this has been a great opportunity for us as parents to work on his emotional regulation, um, his mindset to believe in himself, um, that his actions in life have serious consequences. Um, and when we lean into the a disobedience and we try to understand it a little bit more rather than just meeting it with consequences. So um, there's there's this nuance between, okay, is he just outright disobeying or is there something else going on? And it's been a struggle to navigate that, but that's one of those beautiful things. Almost every single time I I feel the urge to come down hard on him, I just pray about it. And that's what the Holy Spirit is such a gift to us as parents. And almost every time he's like, just hug him. God just tells me to hug him. Okay, I'll just hug him. I'll tell him this is what I wanted to do. And then I'll tell him this is what God told me to do, right? I'm modeling this behavior of I go to God for wisdom. And then we get to partner together and we just bring the Lord into every of the every bit of these little situations. And so where it's been a struggle, this resistance, but it really provides an opportunity for connection each and every time. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I like I like how you always say uh, you know resi- resistance is always an opportunity uh, for connection and for building that. So I love that. So um, and I think you've developed uh, or you, you know outlined or developed. I don't know what the right word is, <laughs> but you know basically three steps to embrace disobedience and transform that resistance into that uh, moment of connection and relationship building. So what what's the first step that you have? Yeah. So I actually, we just came from jujitsu right before I had this um, mm-hmm. meeting with you. And I was telling a mom this exact breakdown because the resistance she was seeing in her daughter, her daughter's uh, doing piano and she just did a performance. She really enjoyed the performance, but she can't figure out why her daughter doesn't want to practice. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. what do I do? Do I push her? Do we you know, tap out? Like, what do we do? And I said, have you talked to her about why? Right. So the first step to this is really empathetic listening and empathetic listening isn't just like, okay, hear what you're saying. It's listening to understand. Listening to understand is vastly different from listening to respond. Mm -hmm. 
I have been so guilty of this in a lot of my life. Um, I listen to somebody so that I can put my two cents in or I can, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Or I'm the boss. You do this instead of listening to understand what's going on with them. And especially when we're talking about children, a lot of times they feel emotions, but they don't know why. And that's one of these beautiful things as parents, we get to jump in and help them navigate their emotions um, with love and with logic. I like to think of it is um, when our kids are emotion are, are, are calm, right? They're on this little calm sea and they're in this little boat and they're just put- putting around, happy, content. Maybe, you know, the sun is shining. You could hear a seagull. Everything's fine. Well, when they get highly emotional, whether it's really activated or withdrawn, the waves on this little sea become really rocky. And if you have no experience with um, navigating your, you know, your little sailboat, things are going to be very stressful. And so we get to teach our kids how to navigate their little, their little sailboat on these crazy waves of emotion. But In order to do that, our first step is empathetic listening, listening to understand. No, yeah, I think we all parents or not are are guilty of that a lot. You just like, yeah, you listen and we're thinking, oh, well, we're, you know, we're having a conversation, right? So, you know, it's two way, but yeah, there really is an element to, you know, making sure you understand what the other person is saying. And uh, like I said, not just with children either. I think uh, adults could, could benefit from that a lot too. So (laughs) for sure, for sure. So, so yeah, so great. Um, And then I was thinking, um, you know, and step two that that you've outlined is uh, communication. So, um, so how do you transition, you know, cause you're saying like, you know, listen to not just, you know, talk and respond. um, But, but you're saying point two is communication. So how, how does that tie in? Yeah, that's, That's a great segue. So once you feel like you understand what they're saying, check for accuracy, right? So I'm hearing, I'm hearing you say, or I see that you're really upset, you know, for example, about not getting the candy. I see that. Are you really upset about this? Yes, I'm really upset. Okay. Um, That sounds hard. It sounds, that sounds hard being upset about something you're not getting. So you're practicing empathy and you repeat, you're reflecting their emotions back to them because sometimes, you know, maybe they're, uh, it looks like they're upset about the candy, but I don't know, sometimes they can get their you know fingers stuck like in the cart or you know, we don't see these things. Maybe it's an entirely different reason. Uh, maybe their tummy doesn't feel good. They're thirsty. I cannot tell you how many times, especially with my sensory child, when he's having like a meltdown that he, once he calms down, he goes, I'm really thirsty. I'm like, okay, buddy, that's probably a trigger for me to be asking, do you need some water? Like before we get to this point. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. note that as a, as a parent, but um, really reflect what you're hearing back to them because there could be a miscommunication. Maybe they're struggling to say what they actually feel, right? Because they are still developing. I mean, I know when I am upset, sometimes I struggled like, I don't know why I'm upset. I'm just freaking out, (laughs) you know? So reflect back to them. And we, you know, first do that through the empathetic listening. And then we can begin to ask questions, right? Okay, so can you tell me why you're so upset? Or can like, Before you move on to problem solving, try to dig a little bit deeper. I think 
um, you know, we live in such a busy hustle kind of culture. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. We don't take time for self-reflection. And that is something that we get to learn how to impart to our children. We get to learn how to self-reflect so that we can then teach it. I mean, there's so much about parenting that's experiential knowledge. So if I'm not good at self-reflecting, I'm going, my child isn't probably going to be very good at it either because I'm not modeling it very well. So try doing a little bit of digging with them. Like, okay, you're upset. Why do you feel so upset? Oh, the candy is going to taste really good. Or like sometimes, oh my goodness, my toddler likes to line all these things up and like candy or toys. And you're like, I was going to put them in colors and then <laughs> I was going to build with them. You know, like he, he had this like whole plan in his head. Oh, when I have a plan in my head and it doesn't go the way I expect, I also get upset. I hear you. <laughs> So, you know, at that point, when you begin to understand why they're really upset, then you can bring in solutions. And one of the things I highly suggest to parents, because I mean, who doesn't want to develop critical thinkers or problem solvers? I think we all want to do that as parents. Yeah. Begin by asking, well, what do you think is a solution to this problem? How do you Hmm. think we can fix this? Rather than just, you know, going on autopilot and being like, okay, well, why don't we do this instead? And obviously there's an age and stage in which we should do that um, because they're just not capable yet. But it's even my four-year-old, what's something that we could build with maybe at home that we could still sort into colors and then build with, right? So Mm -hmm. transition from, okay, I understand to giving them the problem to solve. Um, because kids are more capable than we we make out. Oh, and yeah. they come up with <laughs> vastly creative ideas. Yes. And I'm like, wow, I would have I would yeah. not have thought of that. That's a great sometimes idea. I, Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. You know? Sometimes they surprise us, right? <laughs> they do. They yeah. do. We have yeah. to give them the opportunity to do that though. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the second step of fostering open communication. Dig a little deeper and then hand the problem solving to them. And if they struggle, then you navigate it with them. They're still learning to drive that little sailboat on the water. Right. Right. Well, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the third uh, part of your outline. Does that sound good? That sounds great. All right. Shortly after the British pastor G. Campbell Morgan got married, his father visited their London apartment for dinner. Dr. Morgan eagerly asked for his father's thoughts on their new home. After a moment of silent reflection, he told his son, It's very nice, but I didn't see one thing in it to indicate that it's a Christian home. The decorations we choose for our home serve as visual expressions of our passions and commitments. When scripture verses fill prominent places that are easily seen around our house, it becomes unmistakably clear that our home is a place where Jesus is loved and his presence dwells. Immersing our families in the Word of God should be an important part of our daily lives, which is why I want to share a beautiful set of Bible verse posters to help your family do just that by showcasing 12 beloved quotations from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Each poster features a carefully selected verse highlighted in a vibrant background that will add beauty and biblical inspiration to the walls of your home. 
So head over to familydiscipleshippodcast.net slash John to see all the designs. And for listeners of this show, you can use the code podcast to unlock a special 20% discount just for my listeners here. These posters are available for immediate download, so you can print them, frame them, and hang them in prominent places around your house. Go to familydiscipleshippodcast.net slash John, use the code podcast for 20% off, and mark your home as a sanctuary where the Lord's word is loved and treasured as the foundation of your family's relationship with him. Okay, well, we're back now, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about um, practicing empathetic listening and at the same time having um, an open communication, uh, especially with our children in this context here. Um, so those are the first two uh, parts of your outline that uh, that you've you know kind of put together. So what is your third uh, yeah. your third point? Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the last point, it was, okay, begin to ask them, put the solution, um, creating the solution into their hands. And sometimes, you know, depending on age and stage, again, they are completely capable of coming up with a great idea. Um, like my son, he bites his nails, my oldest, he's 11. And he's like, mom, I can't like figure out how to stop this. And I mean, we've tried you know, harsh discipline and he like, he's on board with it. We've tried like putting nasty tasting stuff on his nails. I tried catching him and catching him and catching him, you know? And he, I was like, oh, we've been through this. And it's like gotten to the point where he's like, I wake up and I'm biting my nails. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but that's hard. So I was like, well, what do you think we could try? And so we sat for a minute and he's like, what if I got gloves? What if I got gloves for when we're at home and I'm like reading my books, right? Cause he'll, he'll be enjoying his books and then he'll find his hands in his mouth. Um, maybe I should try gloves. And I said, okay, well let's, what kind of gloves are you thinking about? So we got onto Amazon and we did a little research and we found these, like, they're not latex gloves, but there's like these bright orange, like heavy duty construction kind of latexy gloves yeah, yeah, um yeah. that he can't just like kind of tear through he could wear them multiple times and so we're giving it a try and so far it's helping him is it like a solution to end all no but i feel like if i had imposed this idea on him i almost feel like that's punitive like as his mom like, you have to wear gloves because you're biting your nails and you don't listen to me you know i mm-hmm. but i didn't come up with the idea right. i thought of doing gloves but he came up with it and so first of all he's already bought into the idea i don't have to sell him on it that solves a lot of parenting conflict right there Um, but then like he gets to be responsible and then i check in with him how's this going and he realizes he's capable of problem solving and contributing and he's valuable and his thoughts are like he's got great ideas right there's so many positives to that not only did we build your problem solving skills we're also building your confidence yay you know yes. so that's that's the last step here we really after we hand it back to them sometimes our kids really struggle. They might be hot and heavy in those emotions of being really activated or really withdrawn. And so we get to help them in that. But um, when once we kind of like begin to feel it out and when they're bought into the idea already, then we just try. And, you know, you can do it like a, a science experiment and we learn together. It's not that I'm like, you do what I say because I say it. I mean, I do 
do that sometimes, but I try to reserve it for, you know, those really important things. (laughs) You listen because I'm mom. Um, But when we work together, it's really collaborative problem solving and it grows my child's skills and confidence, which I can't like, there's no replacement for that. That's like the best. And it all started with a conflict. All of it. Every single time we don't go through collaborative problem solving unless there is a conflict. So that's why resistance can always lead to more connection because we work together. Yes. I love that. That makes total sense. I love that. I love that. And, uh, and I love how you, you know, you focus on, you know, this is a time to, um, you know, again, it's not just about fixing the problem and moving on, you know, it's, and like you said, you know, especially in our culture, we, you know, okay, we got a problem, get, get it fixed, move on to the next thing. It's like, you know, but this, you know, parenting is you know, so much more important than that. And we, we do need to take, make sure we take the time to, you know, not just solve the problem, but, you know, like you said, build that, that uh, moment of, uh, you know, connection and, uh, relationship building. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, so yeah, well, I, uh, I really appreciate you outlining that for us and, uh, I really hope it's helpful to our listeners as well. So uh, before we, uh, you know, call us off, I do know that you have a free masterclass for homeschool moms. Yeah. Um, pressure-free so, homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. So it. pressure-free homeschooling, it's not just for people who are currently homeschooling. It's actually great for those, uh, Families who kind of like want to dip their toes in a little bit without saying like, oh, we're homeschooling yet. You just want to see if this is something that everybody would like. So like you said, it's pressure-free homeschooling masterclass. And I give you one simple strategy that will really foster a love of learning and building strong bonds together. So again, it's great for those of you who are like, well, we've been considering homeschooling. Let's give this a try. Or if you've been homeschooling, you guys hit a rut. This is a great restart. I don't know how many times I've used this simple strategy as a restart, but it's well, multiple times a year. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I, I think I know what your one strategy is just from listening to you uh, in other places. But I'll leave uh, a link in the show notes for this so that uh, our listeners can check it out and see what it's about for themselves. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, great. Yeah, awesome. And do you have uh, like any just final words of inspiration or encouragement for our audience? Yeah, I mean, like I would get back to saying that because we are united, like we are with God, like God is with us. And he says we can go to him and we can ask for wisdom and he's going to give it to us generously. Like take advantage of that offer from the Lord (laughs) to help you with your parenting. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. When we lean into that, into his strength, it's amazing what God can create of the, of the unity and the connectedness and the love that just gets bolstered in your family with the power of the Holy Spirit. So lean on God is what I need to say. Yeah. Amen. I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, I just want to, you know, again, thank you so much for for coming on the show today and sharing your heart with our listeners. And to those of you who are tuning in, I hope that this is a blessing and an encouragement to you. been listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, I truly hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the things we've covered today. 
and I'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or even suggestions for a particular guest or topic that you would like to see featured on a future episode. Feel free to email host at familydiscipleshippodcast.net, and don't forget to follow the show on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss new episodes as they're released. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week, but in the meantime, I pray that the Lord will continue to bless your family as you endeavor to shepherd your children's hearts and cultivate your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. Thank you.